One vision, one voice, one message. Radio Pulpit, 657 AM and 729 Cape Pulpit. Impacting lives from Gauteng to the Cape. Let me take a moment and greet Dr. Tlailani. Good morning, sir. How are you today? No, I'm good, uh, Bongi. It's just that I don't see you, but you can see me. uh, (laughs) Only be well. Next time, I promise, (laughs) you will see me, Dr. Tlailani. How Uh, have you been keeping? No, no, everything is fine. Everything is fine. Can't complain, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, thank you so much for joining in and being with us today, Dr. Tailani. Um, and uh, we can't wait. We are talking breast cancer with you today. Yes. Um, we are ministering to both women and men. But I have heard, Dr. Tailani, that there is a myth that's making rounds lately that men do not get breast cancer how true is that is it true that men don't get breast cancer men are seemingly believe that when we're talking breast cancer we're only referring to women women are the only ones who get breast cancer is this a myth or is it true no that's a myth women do get the cancer of the breast too about one percent of all cancers which have been reported globally one percent occurs in men you see it's just that you know breast cancer Mm. is dependent especially on the estrogen which men don't have much of it and then uh, women have got an abundance of estrogen and that's why because it it needs this estrogen to grow i'll explain to you why as when we do uh, uh, management of breast cancer so it's a myth that uh, men don't get about one percent of all breast cancers diagnosed are found in men. It's just that the, 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 the presentation wow. is different and the management is also different. But I'm okay. sure I'm going to concentrate more on the, on the women today. Is it can you can you can you tell us a little bit before you, we go to the women again, just a little bit, yeah. Dr. Telani, about um, men? What are the s- symptoms that men show up show up with? You know, show up with because you said it's slightly different from women. Okay. So what would a man um, with breast cancer, you know, show up with as a symptom? No, it, it's exactly the same as, as, as in a woman. There will be a lump. There will be some okay. uh, 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 breast deformity here and there. And then there will be that discoloration over the areola of the breast. And then uh, if, that, if you see that in a man, then it's abnormal. Mm. And then fortunately, it doesn't spread that much faster than the one in a woman. You will be able to palpate the, uh, the armpit lymph nodes to really prove that this is uh, breast cancer or something like that. And they don't even have what you call a sentinel lymph node, which is a, a lymph node, a leading lymph node in the axilla, which if biopsied can give you an indication whether the patient has got breast cancer or not. But otherwise, the presentation is the same. Mm, the presentation that. is the yeah. same. Okay. Um, take us through the causes of b- breast cancer. How does it come about? Do we know what causes breast cancer? Well, we don't know what causes breast cancer, but what do we know are predisposing factors. Now, uh, look, uh, in every illness, there are factors that will uh, predispose a person to to, to that illness. Like, for instance, getting older, the risk of breast cancer increases with age. 
most breast cancers are diagnosed after the age of 50. Okay, fine. We do have some patients who are about uh, 45, 46, who have got breast cancer. But being old, I mean being older than 50, predisposes you to that. And there is also genetic mutation. Uh, you know, women who have inherited uh, changes, mutations uh, to certain genes from their parents, there are two genes which are called the BRCA1 and BRCA2. Don't worry about that. It's just a sequencing of the genes are at a higher risk of breast uh, and ovarian cancer. Now, those uh, genes will be isolated as when they're waking up what uh, your breast cancer uh, is like and what the prognosis is and what treatment uh, should be instituted because it's not one size fits all with the breast cancer. Mm. Now, uh, reproductive history, for instance, starting menstrual periods before age of 12, that is the menarche, mm. And starting menopause after the age of 55, that will expose you to uh, 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 acquiring a breast cancer. And then having a dense breast, you know, there are some other women who have got a, a doughy-like palpation of the breast. And then there are those ones who have got a very firm, dense breast. Now, the dense breast have more connective Dr. tissue. Lani? Yes. Just a little bit, if you can just come closer to your mic again, oh, so okay. we can hear you very clearly. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, I was saying uh, having dense breasts. Uh, dense breasts have more connective yes. tissue than fatty tissue, which can sometimes make it uh, hard to see uh, tumors on a mammogram. Because, you know, mammogram also is dependent on the consistency of the tissue. Now, women with oh. dense breasts are more likely to get breast cancer. Unlike the ones but which now, are fatty ones. Let me ask Dr. Tlailani, what are danced breasts? Because I think some of us, when we hear this, we're like, okay, what are danced breasts? Are they the ones that have already been sucked, uh, sucked, sucked <laughs> by our little ones and now they're a little sucking? Or are they the big ones? So what are we talking about when we say danced breasts? Okay, we, we're talking about uh, uh, breasts which are very tough in consistency. Now, Okay. Remember, we've got two, two kinds of breast cancers, the invasive ductal carcinoma and the invasive lobular carcinoma. Now, the, 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 the one is from the ducts, which promulgate the milk to be excreted, to be sucked by the baby. And the other one is lobular, where the, 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 the milk is being manufactured. Now, if you've got this dense breast uh, tissue, you, we say you've got what you call Paget disease. That is the medullary, the, 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 you know, the architect of the breast is thicker than the normal breast. And there is also missionness and there is also some inflammatory breast changes which will predispose you to breast cancer. So it's just the consistency of that uh, breast that will predispose you to uh, acquisition of breast cancer. I don't know if I explained mm. it well. Mm -hmm, no. Mm -hmm. Personal history of breast cancer or certain non-cancerous breast disease also predispose you to that. Women who have had breast cancer are more likely to get breast cancer a second time. That is, if you've had breast cancer, say, on the left, you stand a very good chance to develop a breast cancer on the other hand. So, on the right. Yeah, that's sure. why there has been some uh, observations overseas that uh, if you have developed breast cancer on one um, on one breast, they remove it. Mm. They also ask you 
to sign a consent to remove the other one because there will be uh, some chances that uh, some of the cancerous breast diseases, such as atypical hyperplasia, meaning uh, proliferation of the other breast, mm, mm, will, mm. at a later stage, also become cancerous. So it's better to, to, to remove it. And then family history yeah. of breast or ovarian cancer. You know, a woman's risk for breast cancer is highly if she has a, a, a mother, sister, or daughter, uh, you know, a first-degree relative, or mm. multiple family members of either uh, her mother's or a father's side of the family who have had breast cancer or ovarian cancer. Now, having a first-degree male relative with breast cancer or mm. also raises a, a woman's risk. So you can be a male with breast cancer, falling mm-hmm. under the 1%, and you can, because of that, uh, uh, mitigate to get uh, to, to, to have your first degree relative uh, to, to, to acquire breast cancer. So it's just okay. like with prostate, you know. Prostate, it also targets uh, the first degree relatives, men, who um, oh. have had uh, uh, prostatic cancer. The same exactly with uh, uh, um, breast cancer. Okay. Now, if you now had, do we know how it starts, Dr. Leilani? Can one detect maybe the, is there pain that goes with breast cancer? That's that's right. That's a very good question because you know most of the time, sometimes some people don't get any lumps or whatever. You, they present what? specifically yes, they present with pain, and then pain is so much excruciating that uh, they have to have to seek a doctor. They won't go to a chemist or a pharmacy to get uh, some painkillers or something like that. But they will mm. be forced to go and see a medical practitioner who is going to palpate it. Now, that will lead the doctor to do the investigations to screen for breast cancer. So, mm. pain is a thing that we should be aware of. No woman should get pain from nothing except okay. if he's developing breast cancer somewhere, which is still occurred, which is not so obvious, which he can't palpate. So, mm. pain. pain is the number one thing that we must be aware of. And then comes the lump. Now, mm. when you see the lump, we must also differentiate it because lumps in the breasts are different. They are not all precancerous. We've got fibroadenosis, which is just a local, benign, you know, not a cancerous lump in the breast, and it targets usually younger uh, girls. And then you can also get a, a cysts. Now, those cysts are the uh, precursors of, uh, uh, actually not the precursors, they are from uh, underdeveloped uh, breast uh, milk manufacturer, let's put it that way, of the cells. Now, those cells Mm -hmm. may be lying there dormant, but with the development of a woman and having to get uh, uh, all hormonal changes, those cysts will tend to form... uh, milk even if they are not pregnant so okay. that is the cyst that we'll also see so but you can differentiate that from cancer by mm. feeling the consistency and doing the necessary uh, investigations like mammogram okay. ultrasound or others now somebody says that um most of the people who haven't um had children or who haven't breastfed are at risk of having breast cancer. That's How good. true is that? Yeah, that's very true. 
just as I said, that uh, when it comes to reproductive history, if you start your men- menopause earlier, or if you go into menopause, I mean, sorry, if you have menarche, that is your, fa- your, 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 your menstruation, start earlier than 12, 12 then at the later stage, you stand a chance of, you know, getting uh, breast cancer. Or if you go into menopause later than 55, and if you are an aliparous person, meaning you have never breastfed before, or you have never fallen pregnant before, you also stand a chance of uh, acquiring cancer, depending, of course, on your family history and the genetic uh, makeup, whether you've got those BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes in your, in your, in your blood. So, indeed, mm. uh, if you haven't had children, you stand a very good chance of getting breast cancer. But... Uh, Fortunately, you know, we've got all set, I mean, all modalities of having to pick it up early. And then I've realized that uh, the, the, the most important thing with uh, breast cancer is that uh, there is a delay in diagnosis. Patients don't come out to the doctor for screening purposes. Like we preach that, the, please, when you go and once do a, a year, yeah, once a year, please, a let, yeah, allow us to do a mammogram. Or if you're less than 40, we do the ultrasound. Then we'll pick it up early. Why we have got deaths arising from breast cancer is because of us not being able to come to the doctors early in time that uh, it can be picked up and then be sorted out. Because it's curable if found early. It's curable. Is it curable? Yeah. Uh, well, we'll come to the stages. Treatment? Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, we'll come to the stages, and then uh, it will depend on what stage you are at. You see that? And then if you're mm, still uh, mm. at an earlier stage, I don't know if you want me to go through the the, the, the stages of uh, breast Let's cancer. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, there is, there's four stages, basically. The stage zero, where it's called the precancerous uh, stage, you don't feel lumps, but the cells mm. are there. And they can only be picked mm. up by mongering. That's why. That mm. occult one which you can't see or feel is going to be picked up by mammogram. And then mm. the second stage is when there is a lump, which is about two centimeters, firm mm. inconsistency and not mobile like a fibroadenoma or a cyst. That mm. is the second stage. And the third stage is when now this tumor is about more than two centimeters and it has l- infiltrated the local tissues of the breast. Molehoro, you get also this thing, um, you know, what we call pure de orange, you know, deformity of uh, the skin over the, the, the breast, looking mm. like an orange. You know, pure de orange mm. is in French, it, it, it means uh, orange like. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you've seen the skin of the orange, how it looks like. Now the breast will yes. look like that, yeah. And then, if it's sta- that's stage three, and if it's stage four, that's when it is spread to the lymph nodes. Let's say uh, three and four, it's when it's spread to the axilla, meaning the axillary lymph nodes are involved. And if it's stage four, that's when it is spread now outside the confines of the the the, the, the chests. It can be metastasized to the lungs, to the liver, to the brain, to the kidneys, or maybe into the peritoneum, depending on how fast or how aggressive it is. Because we have said uh, there is this uh, 
uh, estrogen dependent uh, breast cancers. They are called mm. the hair one and the hair two. Now, don't worry about those terms. It's just to classify whether it's responsive to estrogen or it's not responsive to estrogen because when it comes to management, after we have established that that breast cancer is sensitive to estrogen, mm. then we are going to deprive it of estrogen. And then by giving you something which is anti-estrogen, then it okay. won't progress, it will regress. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Is that chemotherapy? No, no, no. <laughs> that's hormonal ask. treatment. That's okay, hormonal that's treatment. Hormonal. Yeah. The Talking treatment. about hormones, oh, okay. Dr. Tillen, I always ask you this question. Yes. When, when we're talking hormones, <laughs> I would always go back to our women yeah. on their periods, those that are still in, in their flower age. Yes. Uh, they, they, they are still, you know, they can still give birth to their children and yes. all that. Yes. And you find that every time they go on to their periods, they expect, ex- experience something. And so most of them do have tender breasts yeah. during this time. There's pains. There are limbs that are swollen at times. The the, the nipples are also swollen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are pains just yeah, around the, the breast. And so it happens often. And yeah. one would ask, does it mean that I'm eligible? Does it mean that I am one who is pre cancerous or whatever, if there's anything like that. Does no, 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 so don't worry. That's just a normal physiological response of the body to estrogen and progesterone imbalances. Like uh, oh. we've got the day 1 to day 14 where there is predominantly a lot of progesterone and then day 14 up to 28 where there is less progesterone and increased uh, uh, estrogen. So it's just that emotion, I mean, uh, um, uh, hormonal imbalance which will cause all these things uh, like uh, secretion sometimes you think maybe you're pregnant or something like that or tenderness mm. because of the lobules will be responding to the estrogen you know they love the estrogen and they tend to expand and then stretch the capsules or you can have a uh, uh, tenderness because of the um, the estrogen effect over the lobules which mm. manufacture milk, but uh, not necessarily mm. that milk will be produced, but you can get some secretions from that. But uh, don't worry, those are just normal physiological response of the body mm. yeah, to your hormones. Mm. Mm. And then, uh, look, there are those predisposing factors that you have to have before you can get uh, 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 breast cancer, you know. Okay, so, all right. So it doesn't mean that you're eligible. It doesn't mean that you will have breast cancer. eligible. Relax. Yeah. All righty then. Um, okay, Dr. Telani. So when one realizes these changes on their breast, what should be the first step they take? Right. The, the, the first step is uh, go to see your, 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 your doctor, please. Mm-hmm. Who is also going to palpate? the breast to feel the lumps and bumps in the breast and then you can tell whether this is cancerous or this is fibroadenoma or this is a cyst. Now after that has been done, let's say maybe he suspects it's cancer. Mm. What he's going to do is he will refer you for a mammogram. If you're less than 40, then they'll do an ultrasound, they won't do a mammogram because we can't do a mammogram on a patient who is less than 40 years of age. And okay. Uh, 
if the mammogram confirms that uh, you have got uh, probable cancer of the breast, it mm. may not be conclusive, but you know, nowadays we can see clearly. Then uh, they would do what you call uh, an MRI scan, but it depends on the availability of the MRI scan. Uh, those scans are very, very expensive. Like uh, a scan can a hospital to 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 it must have an investment of about twenty million to have that uh, MRI scan uh, at, the, at the at the institution. So it's quite expensive. Most hospitals haven't got that. You know, the MRI scan specifically for the breast, not for other mm. uh, tissues. Those other ones mm. are a bit mm. cheap. But now this one, the MRI scan for the breast, it's about 20M or something like that. Now you have to be, you know, money to really have that. But the mammogram will tell you clearly that uh, this is cancer. Now you have to confirm it by histology. Uh, histological examination. Now, what are going to happen is they're going to put a needle right to the lump, take a biopsy, mm. send it to the laboratory. Now, that is going to determine whether is that cancerous or, and then at the same time, is it uh, hair sensitive, meaning it's estrogen dependent, or yeah. is it a precancerous lesion? which can be dealt mm. with at the site and not refer to a tertiary institution or something like that. And if it has been established that it's cancer and it's uh, from the intraductal tissues, meaning the ducts, mm. that is the one which is more virulent than the other one which is from the lobules. Remember I said there's two types, the intraductal and the lobular one. The lobular one, that's mm. where milk is is manufactured and the, the ductal one is where it, the, the milk is promulgated. That is the one which is more aggressive. Now, depending on the results of the hair, meaning whether it's estrogen dependent or not estrogen dependent and having had uh, uh, genetic analysis that you, do, you don't have either the BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene, then that will determine as to what type of treatment to be given. You can have a, a lump which is about two centimeters, and then we classify it as about uh, uh, stage one. And then you, mm. you may not have a lumpectomy, meaning the removal of that lump only if you've got uh, hair positive uh, uh, treat in you or your BRCA1 or BRCA2, meaning the genes are there. Because if you remove the lump only, you don't know how much cancer you're living in the in the tissue so what you have to do okay. is you have to remove the whole breast you do the whole huh. mastectomy but it will depend uh, on those uh, markers uh, breast cancer markers <laughs> okay and then uh, dr Lenny, you know, okay, yes sir let me allow you to finish no and then i was saying then the, the surgeon will decide what treatment to offer you whether okay. it's an lumpectomy or a mastectomy with or without radiation, with or without chemotherapy. But most of the time, chemotherapy is indicated because it shrinks whatever uh, residual tumor could be left behind.
Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, I've heard of, of, of many things, but a family member is asking, Swangilen, uh, Dr. Tleilani, thank you so much for the topic. I'm listening from home. <laughs> this isn't Tabi Singh. Yeah. And uh, she's asking this, Dr. Tleilani, and yes. she says, um, I am told that night shift can affect hormones and cause one to have breast cancer. Is it so or yeah, isn't it, it? No, no, no. It is so. It is Night so, shift, but, Dr. Tlaila. Yeah, that's right. It is so. But it's just an anecdotal observation. You know, it hasn't been proven. But uh, there have uh. been some studies done in the United States of America that night shift, especially nurses, uh. are prone to getting uh, 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 breast cancer. Now, the, you see, it depends. Because uh. there is that dynamic variation of your hormone, your hormone production. Some people produce estrogen throughout the day, and then others produce estrogen only during the day. And mm. if those ones who produce it during the day then go to work at night, so they've got double production is going to be produced during the day and it's going to be produced at night too. So that will predispose them to the hair. Does uh, it happen also to the ones with insomnia? Well, insomnia is something different. I don't think okay. there have been any studies, uh, you know, comparing insomnia and, and breast cancer. Okay. You know. But uh, nice, is it is it in nice the jet. activity that you also do? Because with insomnia, one would be tossing and turning on the bed, sitting, and you know, your home still comfortable. And the other one with night shift, they are working. Is it in that? Yeah, actually, with <laughs> insomnia is something different. <laughs> there is a cause okay. for insomnia. But I don't think really, I haven't really researched that. I don't think it really okay. manipulates your hormones. Oh, uh, okay. No. All right. I don't know. But it does affect when it comes. It can be a risk factor. It can be a risk factor, but uh, I don't have evidence to, 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 to support that. But, uh, you know, it can be. Okay. And Singh, I hope that you <laughs> you got uh, clarity but, to that. But don't now, say, I don't want to work at night because I want I don't want to get <laughs> breast cancer. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> I understand. You know, it's easier to understand drinking and smoking. Yeah. You, you never think yeah. of all these other things that, you know, they can also affect. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it comes to causation of this thing, I forgot to mention that, uh, you know, drinking and smoking, yes, those things, they're terrible, man. You know, it predisposes, let's say smoking, it predisposes you to every illness. Like I said the other day that uh, uh, if you're at medical school and then they say causes of this cancer, if you get at least, say, smoking, uh, you get uh, something, a point, a point or two, because of saying that. Mm. So <laughs> I remember. <laughs> cigarette I'm yes. telling you, with alcohol, very bad. Mm. Yeah. And what about obesity? Obesity As is also... We are just about to take a break. Yeah, yes. obesity is also a predisposing factor. So uh, okay. uh, well, what we have to uh, achieve is uh, try not to be overweight. Let me not say obesity as such, but let's wait because we have realized there are some other patients who are not overweight but still get uh, breast cancer. And then uh, uh, if you maintain your, 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 your BMI at about 30 or less, then you're free mm. to, to, to not to get uh, breast cancer. So that is very important.
Okay. All right. We are going to take a break. And I know, Dr. Chalani, you have Yes. A Can I make a request, you please? You made a request. Yeah. I'm no longer <laughs> a slave. What is your request? I'm no longer a slave of fear. I'm not ah. sure who sings it. But uh, I'm sure you'll be knowing, you'll be able to get it. All righty then. <laughs> I think I have one from Bethel Live, and I'm going to give you that one. And family, you can talk to us there. Um, the WhatsApp line is opened and Telegram on 082-657-2729. It's 082-657-2729. I'm streaming live on Facebook. You can also write your questions and concerns right there. ISMS line 37871. We are here 24 hours a day with the message of hope, faith and love on 657 AM. But you are on Radio Pulpit, your daily companion, 657 AM. This is where you word, family. And it is just for you, with you, up until uh, that time. Dot elf ear. And up elf ear, uh, Germany, Yanni Pelsa. And then, after elf ear, you will have Ayanda Nenemba of 12 ear at 12 o'clock coming in with just um, heart to heart. Not not just for you, but heart to heart. I am just for you. She's heart to heart today. And um, yeah, she'll be coming through with you up until 3 o'clock. I see Elizabeth Nett. Hello to you, my queen. Thank you so much for joining in and being with us family if you got questions we are talking with dr Tailani. we are talking about breast cancer especially looking into our women and so if you are one you got a question would like to hear from you our whatsapp line is opened uh, our whatsapp telegram line is opened on zero one two three three four one three two two it's oh eight two what did I say? No, we we are not. I'm not opening the lines. <laughs> I'm not opening the lines. Our WhatsApp line 082-657-2729. It's 082-657-2729. Our SMS line 378-71-378-71. And yes, we're talking breast cancer with Dr. Leilani. It's it's interesting to know that night shift can affect us in this manner. Now, Dr. Leilani, when one has been diagnosed with uh, breast cancer, yes. what is it or how should they have, or how should should their lifestyle be like now that they are diagnosed and maybe they are going through treatments and all these other things that are, are taking place as a result of them um, being diagnosed or cancer being found in their breasts uh, tissues? Okay, let's say, you know, let's go back to that lady's question. I just picked up something. The night shift. Yeah. Yes. Now, according to the Stevens hypothesis, uh, work at night and exposure to light at night cause inhibition yeah. of melatonin. Now that comes back to insomnia. Now, now followed yes, by yes. an increase in estrogen levels, as I said, which can lead to an increased risk of developing breast cancer. So all this thing uh, is around melatonin. Melatonin is that hormone which gives you sleep. Now, if mm. you don't, if, if uh, you lack melatonin, then you may not sleep. That's when you're going to have insomnia and at the same time you're going to have a lot of estrogen which is going to expose you to uh, breast uh, cancer acquisition yeah i've just spotted it uh, from uh, uh, one of the writings of uh, steven's hypothesis okay fine coming back to your question are you there yes dr Taylan, i'm listening <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the the thing is uh, if you have been diagnosed with uh, breast cancer, they will get, uh-huh. you will get that uh, treatment that we have gone through. It's either you're going to have a 
lumpectomy, or you're going to have a total mastectomy, plus minus the other mm-hmm. breast, and they may give you radiation, or you can get chemotherapy, or you can get hormonal mm-hmm. treatment. Now, it will depend on what type of breast cancer you've got. Now, it's very important that a type of cancer should be established by doing that biopsy and establishing the, the, the hair factor and the BRCA factors. I hope we are okay then. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, my question also is the lifestyle that now one has to have once they have that. I mean, we, yeah. we spoke about um, different things that affect people. Yes, genetically, there's nothing you can do about it. That's right. But now, do you have to change some of the things in your life, yeah. you know, to adjust? Um, I, I was listening to a group of women when I was in hospital last week. I was in the same word with um, ladies diagnosed with cancer. Um, breast cancer specifically, who are going to Steve Beagle for treatment as well. Mm. I heard some of them saying um, statements like, your bre- uh, cancer is a spoiled disease, you know, it's a spoiled disease. You can't clean once you are diagnosed with cancer. You can't, or like you, you can't do a lot of things. Most of the times, you just need to be sleeping and taking care of yourself because it's a spoiled disease. Um, you can stand in front of the stove and cook for too long. Mm. You can't be ex- exposed to heat for too long, um, and uh, you know so many things that we take for granted that as a woman you are able to do, like cleaning and cooking and all of that. And they said, "Oh, it's a spoiled disease. It's a spoiled disease." I don't know how. What do they mean by spoiled? But I guess because they they mentioned some of the things that they can't do. So does that mean that when one is diagnosed with cancer, then they should forget about cleaning and cooking and all that for their family, doing the washing, stuff like that? Hey, I'm not sure. You know, it's not what uh, science is telling us, you know, because uh, mm. not being physically active will predispose you to cancer, that's yeah. what I understood. So too. I always encourage patients, even if uh, you have had a mastectomy or a lumpectomy, you must be active. Uh-huh. You must do something, house chores. I think you must do. Look, I don't, I don't know, but uh, I don't believe that uh, you should be doing nothing, because okay. sedentary is a major cause of most illnesses, including cancer and cardiovascular diseases. So okay. you have to be active. You have to do something. And then being okay. overweight or having obesity after menopause, you must avoid that. So you must change your diet. Try mm. to have diet which is not going to make you uh, pick up weight. Even if okay. you've had uh, your, your treatment, you know, whether you've got a chemotherapy or you've had a radiation or you've had surgery. And then okay. taking hormones, that you should stop. You know, after having operated, having been operated upon, if you have been on uh, oral contraceptives or any hormonal, what you call, uh, form of uh, modality to prevent the pregnancy, stop them because you are going to predispose yourself mm. now. Because remember, estrogen is a is an offender here. We know estrogen mm, is a very okay. good hormone, but uh, uh, stop it. After okay. that, okay. I, I think I think the ladies maybe were alluding to the fact that they become weak 
during chemo because they they would be taken from uh, Galafung where I was to Steve Beagle yeah. uh, for treatment and brought back and when they are coming back they're so exhausted maybe they meant that but anyway here's a question from another family member morning again I don't want to mention my name I was bleeding for eight days but it was like I have a miscarriage it was terrible at clinic they gave me only profin and that I buy um, stall dribbles and I didn't drink hot milk with Bori. I was very dizzy, no power. My hands um, were so white, but I'm much better by the grace of God. And now I'm 48 years. So maybe doctor can help my breast um, is very painful from 2008. I was up and down by doctor's monogram. They find nothing but the pain in my breasts is a pain only i go through uh, only i go through it doctor so what do we advise the family member dr Taylor? i think uh, this lady should have an mri i can see they didn't pick up anything on the mammogram so i mm. think she should have an mri and the mri is more informative it will give the doctors more information about the cells of the uh, of the brain. Dr. Cleland, can you come a little bit closer again to oh. the mic? Sorry for yeah. that. So yes, I, I was saying, uh, 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 I think I would suggest that she goes for a mama for, for a magnetic uh, resident examination, MRI, and then uh, mm. they will pick up something there that uh, she's 48 and then she's still bleeding. Okay, fine. We can have up to about 55, but uh, after 55 and then you're still bleeding, it's going to be a problem. But that she's 48, she's in the mm. area where, you know, hormonal changes are going to start. She's going to be in the perimenopause. Well, I wouldn't be worried about the the PV bleeding. I suppose when she says she's bleeding, she, she's referring to PV bleeding. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. But the breast, I think she must just have an MRI. Something should, mm. should be picked up there. And then if they can pick up her, she's pathological, then they'll do a biopsy, random biopsies of the, the breast, and then they can come up with something. Okay. Yeah. Now, Dr. Talen, does a myth or is it true <laughs> that, okay, most of the women, especially the young ones, with yes. beautiful, firm, I don't know if it's part of dance, but firm breast, you know, beautiful, yes. standing in, in our language, in our Soto language, we say the <laughs> yeah. breast is, I, I don't know if yeah. in English they say it's standing. Just me doing a direct translation yeah. from the Soto way. I don't know how, what do they say in English, but you find it's the breast is so beautiful. The breast is so beautiful. And so you find a whole lot of our women re, reluctant to um, 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 breastfeed because they are afraid that their breast would sag. Now, are they also, is it a risk factor? I do have a child I gave birth, but I don't want to breastfeed because my breast will drop if I breastfeed. So I want them to be as firm as they are, as beautiful as they are um, for, for a very long time, for many years. And you find a person has given birth to four children, but none of them 
none of them even had a it sucked just a little bit not even for a month on their mom's breast so i've heard is mm. that a myth is that true that the breast won't drop and the and the, the second question is are they is this also a risk factor to cancer breast cancer okay look at when when uh, uh, you're pregnant uh-huh. the hormones are there they, they will change that breast irrespective of what you do whether you're going to breastfeed or not breastfeeding <laughs> those breasts mm. are going to fall a little bit and mm. i would encourage you to breastfeed your children because they are going to protect you from getting cancer because okay. naliparous women are the ones with the high incidence of breast cancer because they haven't breastfed Mm-hmm. They haven't fallen pregnant, and mm-hmm. when you breastfeed, you are reducing your chances of getting breast cancer. So I would say, forget about the, the cosmesis, prevent breast cancer, and that is, it does not matter what, that breast is going to fall because of the hormonal okay. effects of pregnancy. So okay. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. I think it's a myth, you know. Mm. And mm. you don't have to to breastfeed for your breast not to fall. It will fall, irrespective of what, because pregnancy sure. will predispose your 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 breast to those hormones. It will. What about engorge- engorgement? Because a a, a, pre- a a mom who's lactating, um, the breasts turn to be to be engorged every time your baby's not there to latch. You know, your baby's not there to breastfeed. Yeah. You find the breasts are so engorged and so painful, so swollen. Okay, fine. If you're engorged, do you don't want to breastfeed, they're engorged. There is treatment that we can give you, which inhibits uh, lactation, I mean, the production oh. of, of milk. So, mm. you know, it doesn't. But why not breastfeed? You know, breastfeeding mm. is the best, best for the baby. It, there's no it's formula. Also, in the whole it's world. also amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's also there's amazing no formula the which can which can compete breast milk. No formula. Yes. And I'm told, uh, I think maybe it's a myth. Children who are breastfed uh-huh. have a higher IQ than uh, children who are not being breastfed who are on formula. Ah. Well, it's just like that. Sure. They get the innate immunity from their mother, unlike the. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 immunity that uh, is fortified in a formula or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I understand, Doctor Tlelani, that the breast milk has all that the baby needs: antibodies. Yes, everything. It's, it's like an antibiotic on its own as well. Yeah. It's 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 magic. That's right. <laughs> it's magic. That's yeah. why God created a woman to be able to produce milk when. Uh, 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 she's. I mean, she, she's after delivery. Uh-huh. I don't know why we should really be uh, defying the nature, you know, by not breastfeeding. <laughs> the breasts are there after pregnancy to produce milk to feed the offspring. Mm. You see, not to inhibit it with medication that you use just to have a, a wonderful uh, breast, you know, cosmetically, which at the mm. later stage is going to get breast cancer you know I, I don't i don't see the logic but you know life is about choices you can do that mm. if you want to but uh, i don't see any sense in that
Sure, Dr. Leilani. Wow, it's amazing, but we are learning. I think it's a learning curve uh, yeah. for somebody who says, I don't want to breastfeed right now. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's a choice. should look she beautiful. Must, she, she can choose not to breastfeed. It's okay. It's her choice. But uh, mm-hmm. she must watch out for breast cancer. Know that you're pre, you're pre, pre expo- what you're exposing yourself to. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a, that's a high risk of not well. breastfeeding. You can check the Naliputas women. Those are the people who get cancers, you know, people who never had children in their lives. And they've got beautiful yeah. breasts and everything. But those beautiful breasts, at a later stage, depending on the family background and the genetic makeup, they will get cancer of the breast. All right. So, Dr. Talan, we've come to the end. Time is flying. Yeah. Uh, thank you, you have family, fun. for also tuning in and being with us. But let's close it, Dr. Talan. What do you say in the end, uh, talking to our family members who are tuned in, listening to us, talking about breast cancer? What is the message we are bringing out there? I know October is Cancer Awareness Month and breast cancer is one of those. Actually, it's the number one of the, the, the awareness, um, cancer awareness in, in the month of October. But what do we say? in closure to family members? I will say, please, family, uh, every year after the age of 40, have your mammogram. And if you're above 32, 33, and you're less than 40, please have uh, uh, an ultrasound of the breast. Because there is nothing which can beat prevention. And that is, we can pick up this breast cancer long before it can come into you for you not to be able to be affected to prolong your life. I think mm. every year, do that. Now the cutoff point year. is 40 years. Now, about 40 years, it's a mammogram. Less mm. than 40 years, it's an ultrasound. Are we also encouraging the younger ones, um, younger than 35 or at 35, well, 30, yeah, to from also 30, check their breasts? Oh, it's 30 up. now. Yeah, 30 going, but uh, before 40, that's the time for ultrasound. But after 40, then you can do the mammogram. Okay, do and we know how to check our breasts, Dr. Tellen? When we talk to most patients, do you think that we have been taught on how to check our breasts? I think uh, I would advise that they should ask uh, their doctor how to, I mean, to demonstrate how to examine the breast because there is an, another way of creating lumps and bumps if you don't know how to palpate yourself. Yeah, you, okay. you, you'll go rushing to the doctor and say, I've got a lump in the breast, only to find that you didn't palpate yourself well. And then I would encourage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> encourage that uh, go to see your doctor, let him show you how to palpate your breast, and then do that every year. <laughs> Sorry, okay. every month, once a month. And if you're really obsessed or hypochondriacal about health, you can palpate as a shower every day. And then okay. You can see if uh, the, the breast cancer is coming or not. And rush Thank to you see so much. Doctor. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Leilani. May God awesomely keep you and bless you. For family members seeking to talk to you, how are you reachable? What is your number? Uh, you can reach me after 6 o'clock uh, on my cell phone, which is 078 All righty then. Dr. Leilani, thank you so much. Um, it's awesome. Next time, I promise you will see. Yeah, I see. I'm, spe- <laughs> I'm speaking to the chairs and computers here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. May the Lord keep you and bless you, sir. Thank Bye-bye. you very much. And goodbye, family. 
And yes, that is Dr. Abel Tlailani. If you'd like to talk to him, he's available on 078-738-2694. It's 078-738-2694. We are here 24 hours a day with the message of hope, faith, and love on 657 AM.